You're listening to the Painted Goddess podcast with Jennifer Hershey. This is episode number 64. Hello, witches! It's Wednesday. Uh, we're still in a pandemic. We are still in the uh, throes of re-educating ourselves about why Black Lives Matter. Or at least I am. I hope you are. Um learning about the history, learning about the miseducation, uh, the misadaptation of history and its um, gaze. Listen, I know that many of many, many a resource has been available for a really long time. So, um, you know, at least I'm having the experience of I should know this by now. Why didn't I act more? on this information beforehand and I'm look, we are here now and all we can do is move forward. So I want to just give everyone, you know, the, uh, the permission to move forward the best, you know, when we know better, we do better. And um, it's not your job to always educate everyone and to turn everyone, um, but it is your job to educate yourself. So um, I highly recommend um, finding new resources lately, just so there's an, like, I've been listening to the podcast 1619, which has been very educational and very good. Um, I had a friend recommend to me the book A Mercy. Uh, by Toni Morrison, and I've been listening to that, um, although I'm not very far into it yet. And um, I have also been revisiting um, the works of Audre Lorde, which I read um, one of her works, actually one of her presentations a couple episodes back. Um, and I also ha have um, another episode where I read a speech um, presentation by Toni Morrison, um, or not a speech, I'm sorry, an essay within her latest book before she passed away, um, around self-evidence. And, um, you know, a as a witch, I recognize that casting spells with my words is very important. And so I just want to cast the spell today that we are learning and that we are open to being wrong and we are open to the curiosity of being human and um, and we are breaking cords and healing um, the harm our ancestors have done and um, and the harm that our ancestors have experienced. So all of those things are happening at once. And I, I have no doubt because of all the f fierce children who have been born within the last 10 years, meeting, meeting so many of these kids that, um, you know, are fierce and they need our leadership in this healing. They need us to do our healing work so that they can do the, the, the shit they were sent here to do, that they chose here to do. They said, yeah, I'm coming down. We're going down. We're going down to earth school. And, um, yeah, is the project, is that, uh, uh, retribution project is that restoration of humanity project uh well on its way yet oh yeah 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 lots of people awakening good good you know so and they get down here and and a lot of people they're still basing a lot of their realities off of trauma as is human 
and we can do hard things. We can do this. So if you're having, um, you know, a moment, you know, remember that you can take breaks. This is going to be a lifelong thing. You know, um, we are, we are undoing and, uh, restoring humanity, which takes a lot. And quickly, you know, our generation, my, my generation, I speak for us, I guess, in some way, Pluto in Libra folks, um, if you have Pluto in Libra in your chart, you came here to find the equal balance, to make things right, right? To demand justice. And that is our job here. And I feel like personally, I got handed that job. Like I, like I, I knew that was my job. I learned very, very, um, uh, very intensely that that was my job um, from about 17 to 21. I was very actively in that job. And then I, quote unquote, became an adult. I had to, I was asked, told, pressured, what have you, um, groomed. I was um, into kind of putting that aside and really um, getting onto the conveyor belt of conventional life. I looked for a mate. I found one. I had children. I became a mother, right? I took on all sorts of sacrificial mother shit that I also have been processing and I know I'm not alone. So I have re reawakened from this kind of slumber of, and it hasn't been a slumber. It's been a lot of work by the way. But, um, anyways, I will continue. I hope that you're with me. Um, if you're looking for resources, there are many and, um, I'm looking for ways to support, um, the black community, especially uh, black women who are um, really at the intersection of all of these social changes and justice. And they've been doing their work, by the way, they've been doing their work on as a whole, as a culture, um, producing really good work. And um, it's time they get supported and paid and recognized. So I've been doing um, what I can to lift those voices as well. Um, so anyways, now, how are we doing, right? I mean, we've got, this is, this is part of it all. It's all connected. Um, we are in the throes of six planets retrograding. Mercury is at 13 degrees Cancer today, not far from Vesta, who's teaching um, this whole, it's really amplified that home. Vesta in Cancer is like ultimate home and hearth. Right. So so Mercury being in cancer, we're learning to communicate our feelings. We're getting new language for what it means to have, um, you know, healed that inner child. What does that look like? What does that feel like? How do we re envision home? How do we return home when it's been burned down? Right. How do we restructure home? How do we rebuild home? And um and feel at home, right? So we've got that going on. We've got Venus that's still retrograding in Gemini, though that's going to go direct tomorrow on June 25th, okay? So it's going to go a third pass over the same degrees. Right now it's at five degrees Gemini again. It's going to go forward, so it's going to, it's already gone forward once, five degrees to 14, I think it was, and it's gone back, or 21. It's gone back to five degrees. Now it's going to go forward again. So it's re, you know, it's going over that last time, okay? 
Venus is in Gemini for a really long time. It really wants us to learn what, how do we communicate our love to each other? What does love look like? And um, I believe it was Cornell West who said, you know, um, uh, that justice is what love looks like in public. And I think that that's a really, really important statement for this time. Like when we look at what public love, when we want to show love in the societal way, right, which is very Aquarian age, right, we're, we're marching towards the Aquarian age. All of the things that are very self-interested and do not take into account the harm done to others as we kind of like make our nests real pretty, right, all of that stuff is going to get a revamp. Okay, because Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto have all been going through Capricorn, uprooting all of the structures, the traditional structures that are not foundationally sound. Okay, particularly right now, Jupiter and Pluto are conjunct at 24 degrees Capricorn, and Pallas Athena is not far at 26 degrees Capricorn. Okay, both Saturn and Pluto are, are I mean, uh, Jupiter and Pluto are retrograding. And I want to tell you about another time when that happened, okay? Which was 1771. 1771, Jupiter and Pluto was conjunct in Capricorn at 17 degrees. It's, uh, that's the year that the bubonic plague started quarantines in, in April of that year, Okay. Uh, um, maybe we should, you know, it's like as astrologers, we like mind stuff, but it's like, you don't, that, this is the last time it happened in Capricorn, this Jupiter or Pluto conjunctions. I'm sure you found, you can find an astrologer who called this shit, but, um, you know, they started the quarantines in April by September of 1771, there were riots because people were f fucking tired of being inside. And I know that there were other things going on, um, but the, but this is, you know, this is coming off of, of course, in 1770, when Mercury was in retrograde in Cap Cancer, by the way, in 1770, okay, the year before, so it would be like last year, March 5th was the Boston Massacre, okay, and that started the revolutionary war uh sightings you know it was this is when paul revere and sam adams was like talking in these little um cafes in boston like trying to figure out how to secede from the crown right meanwhile of course slavery is rampant okay and most of the people who came over to this land were in indentured servitude okay this country was built on slavery In, 19, in 1772, shadow governments started. So this is kind of like where we're going. If you look like to next year, it's like these shadow governments are starting. But here's the thing. People are already talking about deep state, shadow governments, all this shit. And they're talking about them as if they're evil. And I think it's really interesting that everybody wants to decide that anything in the shadows, anything that's being covered up is evil. Now I get it. Everything... People are evil. There's evil things going on or whatever, right? And can cancel culture, which I just posted something about um, cancel culture, which I thought was really well stated. Um, and now the woman's name escapes me, and I'm, I'm really sorry for that. But 
being that there's a lot of right now, it's like the, the counterculture of cancel culture is to call in culture, right? So you want to call people into the ring and say, I need you to see and look and listen to what's actually happening. And Pluto will not take anything less. Pluto and Capricorn is like, listen, you cannot act as though everything stays the same and that it's not harming anyone. So now let's, let's also just remember Pluto in Capricorn is the U.S. Pluto return. Okay. When Pluto returns, which is our, this is our first one. It's our first Pluto return, you guys. And it's going to really take a head over the next couple of years. It was, um, Pluto, um, uh, in our birth chart in the U S birth chart was at 27 degrees. So when Pluto hits 27 degrees right now, it's at 24, right? So 17, sorry. It moves pretty slow. I think in 2024 is when it hits 27 degrees. So, you know, it's got a couple of years of this where we really have to get fucking true with ourselves. We can't, keep acting like nothing's wrong, like systemic racism doesn't exist, as if our structures weren't built on the backs of people that were owned by other people. As if we weren't in, you know, I mean, let's, let's not even begin to talk about child labor laws and um, all sorts of abuse atrocities, women's rights. Um, I mean, and the crux of it is, of course, um, you know, those most vulnerable among us. Black, indigenous, people of color. And LGBTQI. It's one of those things that we have to address. We have to address because if they are not free and like liberated from tyranny, then none of us are. None of us. Okay. <laughs> you know, people may, may think, oh, why, why getting political? It's like, this is not politics. Astrology is, um, and, and astrology is particularly political right now because of the fact that Capricorn's so activated. We're coming off of a year and a half of the South Node, okay? The South Node is shit you've already supposed to have been learned, right? That's like the things you should have learned already, are in the South Node. <clears throat> That's where that knowledge is stored. And I don't even know how that came through in that way, that sentence that I said. Like, I generally do not speak in that way. So that was a weird, that was, that was a weird thing that, I don't know how that came through in that way. Um, but it's one of those where we have, we should have been further than this. That's the, that's the, that's the thought that comes in my mind. That's the belief that comes through in my mind. And, and you know, no, not necessarily. Right. I mean, yes, of course. Like how could we not treat people as humans and as sovereign humans? Right. <clears throat> um, but we haven't. And the other thing that was common, the same as now's, um, situation is Uranus is also in Taurus. So we're also having a Uranus return. Okay, which is kind of crazy. I hadn't realized that. Um, so, you know, Uranus being in Taurus at two degrees now, it's just beginning. And um, 
so we are, you know, because that was um, um, in 1770. Uranus was in Taurus at that point. So 200 years ago, right? 300 years ago. We are also, you know, in 1770, Mercury was also retrograding in Cancer. Saturn was at Leo conjunct Venus on this one day, June 29th, 1770. I don't know what happened on that day. Seems like a pretty intense day. But on July 4th, 1776, right, when apparently we were articled into independence, um, the sun was 12 degrees Cancer. So that's our solar return. The moon was at 21 degrees Aquarius. Okay, so our lunar return. Uh, Mercury was retrograde at 24 degrees Cancer. So bing, 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 like the, the hits keep coming. I'm like, why have I never looked at my country, tis of thee, uh, my country's birth chart? It's fucking nuts, you guys. So Mercury was in retrograde in Cancer. No wonder Mercury retrograde in Cancer has been so much on my mind recently um, it's happening, of course, these two years, but when I started looking back at the history of it, major changes, major awakenings happen during this time because we're really dealing with the childhood of our own nation, our inner child of our nation, which was birthed from England, right, in this whole crazy way. We immediately came and slaughtered the indigenous people on this land, stole their land, and then we imported more people to enslave. We created the same kinds of secondary class citizen class system that apparently was the bane of the, the other, the white dude's existence that came over here in the leadership roles. Right, so, you know, on a personal level, deal with your inner child stuff. This is, you know, you're primed right now for being part of the next American revolution because it's coming. And it doesn't have to be violent. My hope always is that people can transition through great challenges and transformation and alchemized change with some fucking grace, with some grace. And right now, as Venus is retrograding through Gemini, spending some time, we're, we're learning new language. What does it mean to be trauma-informed? What does it mean to hold space for others who are being harmed by a system and we can't see it because we're fish in water? When you operate from the center like I do as a white lady, it's easy for me to ignore unless I see it every day. And you know what? I don't see it every day especially now being in quarantine at my own house. But, you know, it's, it's, we don't see it. And we have to start believing people's experience. We have to start trusting each other. And I think that's part of the message of Mercury retrograding in Cancer while Venus is retrograding in Gemini. There's this reciprocity going on in that way. And Cancer is ruled by the moon, so the moon is very much our teacher as well. When you learn by the moon, you're learning how the emotional uh, cycles kind of go through each sign and kind of put on a different emotional dress. Today, the moon's in Leo. Tomorrow, the moon will be in Virgo, moving into Virgo. And, you know, when we pay attention, when I pay attention to the astrological transits, um, 
I learn about the great kind of cosmic uh, school that we're in. It keeps me open and it keeps me curious and it keeps me flexible and agile to what's coming because that is what evolution is. By the way, I was listening to, uh, I've been listening to so many people and I'm not, I'm not a good keeper of names. I have to say, I can usually remember what birthday they are. Um, <laughs> um, but someone I was listening to was talking about, and now I've lost the thought, lost the train. Um, shit. That's okay. Must not need to be said. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is really interesting, and when we're talking about Virgo energy, moon moving into Virgo, um, for the U.S.'s birth chart, Lilith was at 19 degrees Virgo. Now, <laughs> um, Virgo energy is high priestess energy. It is the ultimate feminine sign to be said. It's the sign that represents service in exchange for divine connection. It is the, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, the high priestesses are these goddesses where you would go and you would worship them and the feminine would be through them, right? So, um, and they had all these subjects. Well, now, now Virgo um, is kind of pigeonholed into this to-do list bean counting <laughs> um, kind of uh, critical uh, witch <laughs> which you know you know I'm a Virgo and a son in Virgo in the fourth house I definitely can relate to that but what's interesting about Lilith being in Virgo um, in the US chart which I think is worth saying you know, Lilith was Adam's first wife. She was not subservient. She would not serve him and sacrifice her own well-being. Okay, so she required an exchange. And um, I'm, ooh, I'm reminded of the woman who was um, speaking about the riots after um, in Minnesota, the um, the target was looted. And there was all this uproar about the property and the looting and how, you know, how does destroying your property or your communities make any sense, right? All of this kind of rhetoric around looting doesn't do any good. And this woman, this was shown on um, John Oliver's La uh, This Week Tonight show at the end of it as well as having so like circulated around social media. Um, but this black woman was like clearly speaking from a deep place in her heart and she was expressing that these are not our communities we don't own anything and you could probably you know i'm sure you know i'm sure black people own some things around you know whatever you know you can split hairs and semantics all that you like but the message was really clear that when we are not you know she was like the contract has been broken the social contract has been broken the police do not protect black bodies the police do not protect black and brown bodies so the contract has been broken and so no there's no you know cooler heads prevailing with this basically 
And to her, it was such a heartfelt cry out. And this is like that. There's so much mother cancer energy there where it's like, you know, the you know, when you come in and you're demanding dinner be made and you're like, where are my socks? And, you know, every kid probably has this moment and your mom looks at you like, you better shut your mouth. Because I am, you know, like you, you see that look in her eye where she has just had enough of the demands on her time and she's about to go crazy. And you're like, time to go outside. Like, I mean, and that's like a lighthearted way to really put it. But that mother archetype where it's like no more. It's no longer OK to take more than you give. Um, and and by the way, like. It's okay to have exchanges that are not quote unquote equal between, you know, one person and another. I have always like, not always, but I often, and I, I believe this, like, I don't think our relationships need to be exactly transactional, but every bit contracted people get to feel safe. People should have safe space. And for all the people who are, in your life, hopefully, you know, I, I doubt anyone um, listening to this podcast feels this way. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to hear from you if you do, because I would love for you to come at me and, and see if we can talk about what really is going on in your mind and in my mind and in my heart and in your heart. But I just, you know, people who have come to the conclusion that um, that there's you know, no reason for this anger, right? Um, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. If my, if my kids couldn't go to the park and play with their Nerf guns and I wouldn't feel safe running down the street, um, I'd go calling for the people who did this to my kids as well. And, um, and I feel like they are. You know, they're, you know, this country has, um, is, is kind of in its maturing stage, right? Because we have, you know, Capricorn is the elder of the Zodiac. So having our Pluto return in Capricorn is like, whoa. And I'm wondering how we fared every Saturn return, by the way. I want to look at our Saturn return schedule because I... <laughs> Because I, I'm, I imagine we failed on a few of those accounts. We got failing grades. And so, um, because we don't seem to learn, and there's so many echoes. Um, and I've said more than once, and recently, ha you know, many people have echoed back to me, this feels a lot like the 90s. And I only have that as a reference because of where I was maybe in my life at that point. Um, I was, you know, definitely an activist at the time and was protesting different, um, in, uh, you know, atrocities, including um, immigrant rights. And, and, you know, of course, you know, it had a lot to do with WTO and different things at that time. But there, there was, there's always been this capitalist, you know, issue. So capitalism definitely is, is in my mind, part of the foundational structure that is not helping us. And, um, you know, because it's, pe it's profit over people. And when you look at, you know, Lilith in Virgo, she doesn't fucking stand for that. So that 
lesson, that vein is written into our, like our construct, our contract. That divine service be held in safe space. Okay. On the other side of this, I'm going to talk about seeing the sun, the first house of the harvest cycle. So I hope that you'll come back and um, join me. Okay, welcome back. So today I really want to talk about um, this work that I'm doing personally with astrology, with my own natal chart. Um, several months ago, I picked up the book of houses by Robert Cole and Paul Williams. I have a couple of um, episodes in this podcast where we talk about what the harvest cycle is. I even have an interview with uh, April Miller McMurtry, um, the founder and, and creator, co-creator of the Moon is My Calendar journal. And um, we talk about how we discovered this book, um, which, by the way, she introduced me to this book. I got it because she uh, began a Moon Mandala group based on the work in this book. And from an astrologer perspective, I just immediately was like, oh, my gosh, all the planets transit through our houses. Um, all of our planets are harvesting us. We're harvesting with these different planetary energies. What does that mean? Oh, my goodness. Of course, it went to the moon work first. Um, and that's what we spoke about. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and listen to it. It's full of you know, lovely in, uh, uh, synchronicities that you just can't, you know, there are no coincidences at all. And um, so what's even more interesting, I think, is that <clears throat> when I found that book, <laughs> um, when I was presented this book um, and picked it up, I was um, not quite ready to read it. And um, it came and it sat on my shelf for a couple months because I... Um, you know, was reading other things, to be honest. And so finally, and I kind of, I mean, I looked at it, but I was like, oh, okay, interesting. And then, and then I started plotting because I just needed to plot my, um, my calendar, basically, my, my harvest chart, my harvest um, cycle chart by the sun. Okay, so your solar harvest chart, it's the same every year based on the degrees where your houses in your natal chart start. For instance, my first house starts at 27 degrees Gemini. That's my rising sign, Gemini. So 27 degrees Gemini is where my first house begins, okay? Now, every day, the sun moves into 27 degrees Gemini on June 18th. So that becomes my resurrection day, my first of four personal holidays in the harvest cycle. And, um, and the intent, the, the idea is that it creates this kind of focus so that when you're focused on these different aspects of your life, you're able to kind of, you know, ease in and surrender to the flow of abundance and harvesting. Just like, you know, um, there's a time <laughs> there for every season, turn, 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 right? There is a season. And it turns and you when you engage in that flow of the season, you flower at the right time to attract pollinators and you are uh, seeding at the right time to um, sprout and you are um, spending alone time at, the, you know, which is where I'm at right now. So each 
um, house has this um, aspect of the harvest cycle associated to it. Now, the houses have always had um, multitudes of meaning. Modern astrology has, um, you know, updated some of those, especially as we've changed the way we live, right? So um, there's definitely traditional meanings. Today, I want to talk about the first house, okay? The first house is where I'm at in my harvest cycle for the sun. So that also means that since we just had a new moon, okay, we just had a new moon in Cancer at zero degrees, now, if you remember, my first house starts at 27 degrees Gemini. So zero degrees Cancer is in my first house. When the moon and the sun are conjunct is when we have a new moon. Okay, a conjunction is when they're in the same degree. They're in the same spot. And in fact, the moon, you can't see it because the moon is um, alongside the sun and the sun is just so bright it you know it, it and and it's also the sun the moon is kind of in front of the sun and so we don't see um the reflection really because the moon doesn't have its own light right it's just reflecting the sun's light and so as it aspects away from the sun or comes towards the sun that's what changes the reflection of what we see in the sky of the moon okay if you haven't looked that up on youtube i highly recommend it it really helps um, lunar work or any astrological work to see the cosmos um, in a video form, at least for me, very visual learner. Um, visual learner, verbal processor, that kind of thing. So, so when the moon is, you know, conjunct together, um, it was in my first house. So I am having like a first house moon cycle. Now, then the moon moves like through every single sign and every single house in my natal chart while the sun stays in one sign, right? We're in cancer season. The sun stays and it goes one degree every day. Now, there's, there's 30 degrees in every sign, so it takes 30 days for the sun to get through every sign, right? Right. There's some adjustments, obviously, in the Gregorian calendar. This is why we don't have a perfect quote-unquote calendar because Gregorian whatever um, the more I've used the moon is my calendar which is the name of um, my friend April's uh, calendar journal I highly recommend it by the way the, you know once you start to kind of shift to a lunar calendar which of course some cultures still use a lunar calendar it's very cool the moon moves through each of the zodiac signs every 29 days so every 29 days it returns to where the sun is and, um, and, and the sun's moving, you know, one degree a day. So the moon is really going on like this reconnaissance mission through every house while the sun stays in one house, right? So right now my sun, the sun is in my first house in cancer. In fact, Mercury's there as well, retrograding, right? So there's a really deep sense of this first house for me this year because not only am I having a solar um, harvest, like a solar um, first house rebirthing time, okay? It's not a solar return. That would be my birthday, right? So not only is the sun in my first house, but Mercury is also there, okay? So, and retrograding. When 
you're in the first house time of the year. And again, these solar um, seasons, okay, these solar harvest seasons, there's 12 of them because there's 12 houses in your natal chart. They vary when you're not doing a whole house system, which I don't. And this book does not recommend that either. So my first house is from 27 degrees Gemini to 15 degrees Cancer. So it lasts from June 18th until June or July 7th, okay? Some of you will have a longer first house. Some of you will have a shorter first house. That's a pretty short first house, so probably not that much shorter. Um, and so what happens in the first house is it's really about the self. Now, the first house is where... Um, you know, if you're to say like the house is where these things happen. Okay. That's how we read a natal chart. The house is where the sign is what, and the planet is how. Okay. So there's, there's this kind of try, try, uh, <laughs> triangulation going on. And I wanted to read. I think I transposed that. So the planet is the what, the sign is the how, and the house is the where. So saying that the sun is the what. So sun represents a vital force. Sun represents myself. Sun in this case represents the harvest of my vital force, of the things that drive me. Okay. The sign is the how. So it's in Cancer. So how does it do it? It does it emotionally. <laughs> it does it with being willing to feel all the feelings, right? The cardinal water sign of cancer really wants to lead with the heart, to be generous, to be authentic, to feel life itself pulsing through you, even if it's painful, right? They know they can protect themselves. They've done it before. The cancer is not really afraid of feeling any emotion. The house is where, okay? So for me, my first house, um, that's rebirthing time for me. It's where I like to be alone. So interestingly enough, you know, it doesn't come easy for me to share my feelings or it didn't when I was really young. I was constantly trying to, um, I wanted to be alone when I was kind of licking my wounds. And to some degrees, I still do. I usually don't reach out to people when I'm suffering. Um, so if you haven't heard from me in a while, you should call me, but I, that's the thing is like, I generally like to kind of insulate myself and do my own work alone. Um, in fact, when I started learning transpersonal psychology, this is an interesting, I bought this book called working on yourself alone. Cause I just thought, you know, it's much more, um, convenient for me to be able to do this work on my own rather than go to a therapist or, you know, rely on other people <laughs> to do the work for me. Um, and part of that is probably other things going on with uh, <laughs> me believing that only I can do things the best. I'm looking at you, sun and Virgo. But so the first house is really like the first hour after you wake up. So like in the in this year, right, like of harvesting, 
number one, the resurrection day is that first day of the harv of the first house. So on June 18th is my resurrection day, my rebirth day. So resurrection day, it's the moment when the seedling bursts through out into the warm, dark, out of the warm, dark soil into the light of the sun. Quite literally, it is your rebirth day. This is the moment um, each year when you feel ourselves brought back to life. Right. So the 12th house, which you just leave, you know, like I was just in the 12th house. It's this time when you really do have quite a bit of worry and anxiety and you may feel like you don't know all the things and there's a lot of unconscious kind of meanderings back there. And in the first house, it's like things are starting to come to light. You're reintroducing yourself. You know, a year is a long time for an emotional evolution, especially if you're doing spiritual work. So I've been really thinking of this time as reintroducing, re-meeting myself who am I now today? And thinking also about retrospectively, especially since now Mercury is retrograding here in Cancer in my first house, what can I look back on and think, oh, what happened in June, um, uh, you know, of last year and the year before? Like, what was I doing? How was I feeling? How did I express myself? How, who was I meeting? Who was I being at that time? And thinking of that more as like the kind of rebirthing time than maybe even my birthday, even though I do some of this work around my birthday because it's a whole nother kind of return, right? But this, this whole concept has just really given me a lot to think about. The first house is also when we want to be alone or maybe even people are kind of leaving us alone. Um, and it's really a place of freedom. So we want to be untethered by other people's expectations or requirements of us. So a lot of times it can be like it's, you know, and I akin it to, you know, it's like that first couple days of your period, right? Am I right? A butterfly just flew up into my face. Um, so she agrees, but it's like that, for, you know, you're tender, you're gentle, and in the book, it says the first house is like the first hour after you wake up in the morning. Many of us feel quite fragile when we've just returned to consciousness. So when you're in your first house, yeah, you need kind of a little more grace with yourself and from others. And it even says, you know, um, you might ask those around you to kind of like honor that space that you're needing to take. And I know that's not possible for all of us, especially those of us who have young children or a really demanding job or whatever. Any of us who are alive and breathing probably think, oh, well, I, that's a nice, that sounds like a nice thing to be able to do. But what's interesting is that if push come to shove, your harvest first moon, your, your first house will come for you. <laughs> um, this require this exploration requires us to let down certain barriers to our inner selves, creating a vulnerability that would be intolerable if we didn't construct special fences around ourselves during this time. So I pulled the Yarrow card the other day, which is about boundaries. And, you know, these are the di this is different kind of boundary, right? It's one of those where you consciously are able, which is something different from the 12th house. In the 12th house, you can't consciously really construct anything because you don't know where the lines are. You're in the dark. Now you see the landscape and you're like, okay, I need to construct very um, important kind of uh, barriers very strategically. 
around my inner self in certain ways because I'm they're not ready for prime time yet there's certain things that I have to keep to myself there's certain things that I'm not ready there it's too tender right it's just like those tender you know arugula leaves you got to leave it let it let it get a little more robust before you start harvesting something from the plant even if you're harvesting leaves right or pruning or whatever you're doing okay and all of those times come through okay the time for pruning and weeding isn't until the fourth house. <laughs> so you've got some time, you know, right now you're just this new growth in the first house. Um, and then, you know, it's all connected. The harvest cycle legitimately starts in the 11th house when you choose the seeds that you're planting. Okay. And then in the 12th house, it's germination time. So that's when everything, the, the seeds are in the soil and you have to resist digging them up to see if they're growing, right? Which is the most difficult thing to do, patience. The first house is where you finally sprout out into the world and you start to feel that sun. So this is a time when relationships can really suffer because you really do need to, and I'm finding, I'm finding this to be interestingly true. It was definitely true last week, right before I hit the 18th, I started bleeding. And because I think I was so close to that threshold of the first house, it was just very intense. And I really had no energy for anyone else's expectations of me. And it was not a good day for me and my husband. And, you know, I need to start asking for what I need. This is part of my lesson um, that I will learn every year, by the way, which is what I want to talk about. So just as a reflection and this is just me you know some of my students have really started to confirm some of this stuff you know the astrologic lab is based on this work so if you're interested in this work and you want to do it with other people come into the lab come join us it's fucking amazing it's been really really great i have i offer tons of tools workbooks um symbol writing for astrology and the symbols and the planets we do all sorts of really deep dives i do i've been doing two classes every month um and that may go up or down you know at least once a month I'll, we'll get on a zoom and really do a deep dive of astro coaching for people's charts um there's gonna be there's a there's already like three videos of classes in the archives anyways I had thought when I was incubating this, by the way, the incubation happened during harvest, my harvest time, right? So this idea really came forward in a fury, in a fury. And I was, um, it was February, you know, we were just about, and I just, everything, I knew, like I had, see, uh, by the way, I had seeded this last year. I thought it was going to come through as something else called moon school. And um, so... Yeah, anyways, a whole a whole year of harvest brought me to a different place with this work. And it has blown open the way that I even see my own natal chart. And I'm telling you, I have looked at my natal chart so many times in my life. And this work has helped me to see it in a whole new way. If you want to just do the work yourself, get the book of houses, go and get it. Um, the last time I checked, it was on back order because so many people have bought it now um, being in the lab. But um, it's replenishing all the time. So please, you know, check this work out. You will not be sorry. You will not be sorry. It's so interesting. And, uh, and a lot of the people in the lab, which you may be in the lab, if you're listening to this, I know a lot of my listeners have, have joined me, but, um, it's, 
you know, they've started to, to corroborate all of the things that I was finding. And, um, I took on five clients, um, to do like, you know, test working on, and we just had had a ton of fun. So shout out to you guys. I love you guys. Um, so listen, I was looking back cause I keep pretty good journals and planners. Let's be honest. I'm a Virgo son. I have my planners. So I have the last three years of my planners. And here's what I did on June 18th, which was my resurrection day. Okay. Let's go just last year. Okay. Now last year, um, pretty, pretty general day. I was recording the podcast and, um, then that weekend I was planning to go to the water. I was like, go to the water. I actually, uh, made some time to be by myself. Um, but my parents moved that weekend. Um, so I didn't have, and I'm, I'm so curious if I like had like a nervous break. I don't write down like had a nervous breakdown. Um, and I was recording uh, Mercury Retrograde um, courses. Oh, yes. And then for 4th of July, we went down um, to my mother-in-law's and we stayed with them and and everything. And I, yeah, it was a lot to be around a lot of people, actually. I remember that. That was a hard weekend. It was a great weekend. I love my family. And it was difficult. Um, yeah, and I started bleeding right after I went into, luckily like this, this for me, it's only like two weeks, right? So it's interesting. I feel like that woman that I met last year was a determined businesswoman around that first, um, house time I had I had kind of, um, you know, I had, I had been kind of struggling along making my business work, hustling, offering readings, offering different things. I was, I was recording classes and offering work that was not being bought for the most part. I would sell a few of them and it was, you know, it was kind of worth my time to, to create some of the things that I had done, but it wasn't really making a living. And, um, yeah, as I got into the second house, um, things shifted. I need to, I'm, I'm definitely going to do more podcasts on the different houses, so I don't want to really get into that. So, so it was, it was kind of a liminal time for me. The year before, the year before, literally, I, I never do this. If people have looked at my, um, <laughs> if you've looked at my planner, you know, like it's fucking full. It's full. And the, uh, the week of my, uh, resurrection day, it's blank. I, I put nothing in my planner. I planned nothing that like never fuck. It's blank. The 18th, the 19th, the 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th blank. The only thing is that on the June 29th, I went and I had a weekend alone with myself and did my Reiki training. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sounds about right. And I, I wrote down um, 
that I needed new nighttime rituals. I needed, you know, to honor my nighttime rituals. So interesting. Okay. So that was 2018. Okay. 2017. This is, this is where I was like, oh yeah. So 2017, uh, on my, the day before my resurrection day, June 17th is when Tool played at the Gorge. And I have a friend who, from high school, who was one of these guys that I used to run around with in a group, you know, I was pretty tomboyish. I had all guy friends. Um, and you know, I was like the, you know, the cool chick or whatever anyways, or whatever, <laughs> super whatever. Um, and, and he was like, Hey, cause my one friend was moving to Germany. Like we're going to go, we're going to go to the gorge. I got your ticket. We got it all. All you got to do is hop in this truck and we'll go. And I was like, okay. And, and I didn't look at the date and I didn't think of anyone else. And I said, yes, I have, um, I have a husband and two kids. <laughs> um, and I haven't done anything like that since I was really young. I just like left. And I, I mean, I told my husband I was going, he was furious because he loves tool. It's on his like bucket list. And, uh, it was on Father's Day weekend. Yeah. So I really shit the bed on that one. But let's be honest. Like, so I have my first house starting around Father's Day like every year. And um, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. So it's really funny that anyways, I really felt the need to just completely abandon my family that weekend. It's very common, um, apparently. So, you know, you might listen to, um, you might look at your first house when it starts, what time of year it's in and how you act around that time of year, how people act around you. Um, and you might find out that you are actually in your house of seeing the sun, rebirthing, seeing yourself. And if you're extremely, extremely disgruntled during that time of year, it may be some time to carve some time out, make some boundaries and get yourself out of town. One of the things that I love about the books of book of houses, and I'll leave you with this. This is the one time of year when the need to be free and alone suddenly outweighs all other considerations. And here are things to do in the first house that are, are recommended by uh, Robert Cole and Paul Williams in the book. Things to do during the first house. Go on retreat for a day or a weekend or longer to a very private personal space where there's time to be absolutely alone and by yourself. Go to the mountains. Go to the sea. Go to somewhere where no one knows you. That's my favorite. I underlined that. Go somewhere where no one knows you. That's freedom. That is freedom. Make the time and find the place for solitude. Remember your wishes and say out loud, I am the person who will be, who will make these dreams come true. I will be the person. Notify all your relationships of your need to be independent and alone during this period. Let them know that your, their patience is appreciated. 
change your clothes, change your appearance, change your image, change your approach to life, change something small, external uh, part of you you'd never considered changing. Change your definition of yourself. Paint a picture of yourself. Write a letter or an essay or a diary entry about who you are, what you look like, what you think of yourself, and what you feel like when you're alone. Stretch towards the sun. All right, that's all I got for you today. I love you. I hope that you're having a good day. I hope that you are taking care of yourself. And when you have it, care in abundance, that you are taking care of those that you love and creating this new, beautiful world that we are all birthing together. I'll talk to you next week. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast or benefited from it, I'd love for you to subscribe or rate or review to help spread the word and get this podcast into the ears of witches just like you. Clearly we are in crazy times. If you want to check out the Astrologic Lab, it's here, it's waiting, it's alive, and it's growing. Go to paintedgoddess.com and find out more today.